There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning into our Thursday podcast. And uh, we've been trying to get ahead on the podcast. We've been unsuccessful in doing that. But one of the things the Lord really showed me today is that there are some people that just need to keep following the podcast. I believe it's a help to some folks. I believe there's something God's dealing with. And uh, I believe that as much as I'm talking on this podcast right now, and that's neither here nor there concerning you. However, uh, I believe the Lord just has us keep plugging away. It could be the reason we've been home now for several months had some preaching out on weekends, one week back in March, but we've been home a lot, and it could just very well be the Lord wants me to continue to daily record this podcast. And so I've quit trying to get ahead, quit talking about trying to get ahead, because I believe that every day the Lord has me sit down in front of this microphone and preach this podcast. So I hope it's helping. I hope it's a blessing to you. I hope it's something that strengthens you in the inward parts. One of the things we look at the sufferings of Job, and Job was known for his patience, we look at it as Job's sufferings, but God looked at it as the patience of Job. He told us that. And one of the things we look at is that in his suffering, Job never lost sight of God. That's why his wife, the natural woman, what does she say? Curse God and die. And that's what people naturally say. You're going through suffering. They tell you to curse God. Uh, God's forsaken you. God's let you down. God has failed you. But no, God has just begun to establish a relationship with you. That is the fellowship of his suffering. And yet the Lord knows those things. And the more we suffer, the more we'll reign with him. He told us that if we'll suffer with him. And what are those sufferings? Well, they're the same as the sufferings of Christ, enduring such contradiction of sinners against himself, the sufferings of his flesh, the sufferings of this life that are not worthy to be compared to the glory which is to follow, and then the sufferings of the soul of Jesus Christ. You and I will not experience that suffering. What you and I will do is we'll experience suffering on behalf of sinners. We will suffer as Jesus Christ suffered on behalf of sinners. And they'll curse us and they'll speak against us and they'll mock us and we endure those things. And when sickness comes upon a man or comes upon a woman, there's no reason why the saint of God would curse God. But see, the natural man can't understand that. That's why it's kind of an expected expectation. Somebody that gets really sick just gets out of church and never comes back. And that's the norm. They say, oh, well, they were they got really sick and just couldn't recover. And, you know, they, they were really wounded. I've, I've visited people that I've seen in the grocery store time and time again. And it, usually it seems to be wives, the experiences I have dealt with. I'm sure it's the other way around, too, where the husband was faithful to the house of God. And the wife would be at the grocery store and at the restaurant. But she never graced the doors of the church. 
And yet that husband would faithfully pray for his wife, faithfully pray that God would raise her up, faithfully pray. One man I knew would faithfully pray his wife could make it back to church. But you see her sitting in Golden Corral. You see her sitting in Cracker Barrel, shoving her face full of food. She could sit there, but she couldn't sit in the house of God and be ashamed to blame suffering on the inability to attend the house of God when there's other things that you can do. Be ashamed for somebody to go walk around the mall for an hour and he can't sit in Sunday school for 45 minutes. He says a lot of folks that their sufferings have not driven them closer to God. Their sufferings have driven them away from God. It's the mark of the believer. The fellowship of his suffering, to know him. You're not going to tell me that Job didn't suffer as he suffered and draw closer to God because by the time this thing is over, Job's laid his hand upon his mouth and he ceases to speak. And that's why he said, these are things too wonderful me for me. Things that I understood not, that's what suffering will do. And that none of us want to suffer. Nobody's in the front of the line to sign up for suffering. But when God does bring suffering your way to the saint of God, is to know him better. Is to get to know him and to, to know Jesus Christ personally. We're too busy in this world and sometimes suffering will reduce us to that place. And that's where Job is at. Job is getting more understanding of the Almighty. Job is drawing closer to God, not further from God through this. And we see that in chapter 13. He says, Lo, mine eyes have seen all this, mine ear hath heard and understood it. That's all of chapter 12. He's telling his recollection of what he's seen in life, the things that he's heard. And he says, I understand this. This is something not foreign to me. What you know, the same do I know also. I am not inferior unto you. And so as his friends are speaking, Job says, I know these things. I've seen these things. I've seen the work of God. I've seen the hand of God. I've seen the the problem again. His friends do not see Job the prophet, and they do not see the sufferings of Job are for his benefit. They cannot see that. They just assume it's because of his righteousness has failed. Therefore, God is judging him and And therefore, the hand of God is upon Job in judgment. And I don't want to rehash things I've spoken of on the podcast, but we've talked about that already. So many people, they cannot discern those things. They cannot judge righteous judgment. They cannot look at a situation and they just determine the worst because they have that evil eye. They just determine the worst for everybody. But when it comes upon them, it's never a spiritual problem. It's never the chastening of God. It's never the hand of God to get their attention. No, but on everybody else it is. But on them, it's a spiritual battle, spiritual warfare. It's the devil attacking them. And they don't understand God. They don't know the mind of God because they don't believe the word of God. Job said, I'm not inferior to you. I believe these things. I've seen these things. Surely I would speak to the Almighty and I desire to reason with God. And I like what Job said. I desire to reason with God. Paul reasoned with the men of of Mars. Uh, God, God showed Paul things that he relegated to them and he showed them and he went and he was reasoning with those men on Mars Hill. God can reason with us. We can reason with God and not sin, as long as we obey the word of God. We try to reason things out with God. But again, that's a hard thing for most people because of covetousness, because of lust. They can't reason things out with God because they're so filled uh, with flesh and their carnal desires and their carnal lusts. But yet, Job talks about his desire was to reason things out with God. He said, but you are forgers of lies. You're all physicians of no value. One of these great statements that absolutely shamed me quite a few years back when in the presence of a Hebrew scholar, I'm trying to preach the Psalms and going through a Psalm verse by verse. I talked about a forging of lies. And I talked about the forge that, you know, you've used to heat things and they've taken a lie and they've made it hot and they've tried to bind it to you and forge it to you. And 
And then I got done and, and I realized I just was floundering in something. I had no idea. I was just winging it off the cuff, which is one of the great funny terrors of my ministry. And I looked at this Hebrew scholar and I said, you know, what does that word mean there? And he said, oh, that's a counterfeiter. And I went, oh, I'm an idiot. Okay, I have no idea what the Bible says. I have no idea. I kind of, kind of joked about it a little bit to my shame. Uh, but the reality is that's what it's a counterfeiter. They've taken these lies and made them up against Job. They have forged a lie against him. And so it is with the righteous. The wicked will forge a lie against them. Cancer comes upon the righteous man, and people will forge a lie. And they'll say, well, this is why. This is you know one of the great lies. You know, it's because you drank bad water, you you breathed in bad air, you didn't eat right. And, you know, but yet how come there's some people that can drink a Coca-Cola three times a day, every single day? And uh, there are people that live in polluted areas of the world. They live in absolute vile pollution under electric lines, live in nuclear power, and uh, they live long lives. We don't know these things. Our lives are in the hands of God. And, you know, I've heard many people say, well, they didn't eat right, or they didn't do this right, or they did that, you know, and they're just judging unjustly, forging lies. That's what Job's friends have done. They're assuming he's unrighteous. They're assuming that he's sin. They're assuming that he's gone against God. He said, you're all physicians of no value. Jeremiah speaks of that, you know, he and the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly. That's most physicians. Uh, they come, they put a little bit of dab on something. They put a little bit of, of balm on something. But, you know, they don't really actually try to heal. They don't try to help because they're physicians of no value. They're drug peddlers, just like modern science. They're drug peddlers. They don't heal. They don't work on trying to get to the root of the problem. And his friends, that's what they're doing. They're sitting back in accusation. And, you know, you could justify and say, well, they sat there with him seven days in the ashes. Aren't they a true friend? They were just waiting to speak. They were waiting to condemn him. And they saw his calamity and they knew it was God judging him, yet they rightfully misunderstood that. And then he says in verse 5, oh, that you would altogether hold your peace and it should be your wisdom. And so many, again, they forge lies against the righteous and they don't hold their peace. They smote Jesus Christ on the cheek. They ripped the hair from off of his face. If thou be the son of God, come down. And they mocked him and scoffed at him. And that's so it is. That's why Job is suffering. We're going to see these things later on. Hear now my reasoning and hearken to the pleadings of my lips. Will you speak wickedly for God and talk deceitfully for him? And what a danger. What a, what a great verse to use for the wagging tongue, uh, for, the, for the naysayer, for the person that is, to be honest with you, the discord sower falls into that category wrongfully condemning, using the voice of God as a weapon rather than the reality of what God says. What a dangerous place to be. No wonder God hates discord sowing. Six things does God hate. The seventh is an abomination unto him. It's an abominable thing to sow discord among the brethren. But how do you do that? Because you don't have the mind of God. And you have your own reasoning, your own thinking and malice and bitterness and all those things come into play. It's amazing how, you know, your good friends, they're never condemned under your tongue. Uh, but those that aren't your best friends, you can condemn them easily because you don't know them as well. And what a terrible place. What an absolute vile thing for a child of God to be involved in, condemning others with their tongue, condemning others with their lips, and letting other folks get off the hook, being a respecter of persons. 
I've seen that with marriage. I've seen some open their mouth about somebody getting married. And and I mean, just to the point of belligerence, but then somebody else that they're close with, they go to get married and they're not married in God's will. It's obvious not married in God's will, but everybody just keeps their mouth shut because they're a close friend. And what a terrible thing to be such a hypocrite. What a terrible thing to be such a phony and a fraud. What an awful thing to present yourself before God as the voice of God and the judgment of God, but not hold it in equity. That's why most people are unrighteous judges. That's why most people, and Ezekiel talked about the men that judged unrighteously. They couldn't stand in the seat of judgment because they had respecter of persons or respecter of finances. And what a terrible thing that is. You see men that they respect money more than they respect God. And they'll condemn one and they'll promote another. Yet the men are both guilty of the same because one has money and one does not. Human nature, the natural man, that's what he does. It ought not be in the child of God so you going to talk deceitfully for God? Will you accept his person? Will you contend for God? Is it good that he should search you out? Or as one man mocketh another, do you so mock him? And so uh, Job is making strong accusation against them, and rightfully so. Are you going to be, be the voice of God? Are you going to be the wrath of God? Are you going to mock God? Are you going to search God out? And by the way, to rightfully to speak of the things of God in holiness is always good. It's always just. But to speak of God unjustly and to speak of him against his ways, contrary to his ways, you are mocking. You're getting to the place where you're saying, well, this is God, and you're presenting in the modern day in which we live, you're presenting the spirit of Antichrist, which is in the world today, and you're telling people this is God. That's what modern religion has done. That's what they're doing every single service, every single day. He will surely reprove you if you do secretly accept persons. So what Job now is summarizing this, telling them, if you secretly accept persons, God's going to have to reprove you. You don't put one man above another. You don't consider another man because he's your friend, because he's your pal, he's your buddy. And then you condemn another. And then you speak ill of another. And can I say this? Most of us probably guilty of that. And I'd be, I'd be absolutely beyond myself to get up here and preach this podcast and say, well, I've never done such a thing. God forbid. I've never been involved in such a thing. God forbid. But you rest assured this, the word of God is still true. The word of God is still precious. I've seen folks that, that have contended over somebody else's marriage because they just didn't like the person. And they, they stood. And then when somebody else got married against the word of God, against the will of God, they kept their mouth shut. And didn't say a thing. Why? Respecter of persons. Not considering God, considering their own ways, their own desires, their own wants, fleshly, carnal at best. Shall not his excellency make you afraid and his dread fall upon you? It ought to. His excellency ought to make you afraid. His dread, if it falls upon you, my friend, you're in trouble with God. You're going to find out some dark days, and it's not going to be depression, and it's not going to be uh, you yourself just out of sorts. No, it's because God's dread has come upon you. What a terrible place to be. What an awful place to be. Yet Job has said all of these things because they're speaking wrongfully of God's choice servant, Job. All these things he's preaching to them is because they're speaking the thing that's not right. They're speaking the thing that's false. They have forged lies against him. Verse 12, your remembrances are like unto ashes, your bodies to bodies of clay. Hold your peace, let me alone, that I may speak, and let come on me what will. Glory to God, hallelujah, blessed be the name of the Lord. Job says it right, Job says it in holiness, Job says it with God. He says, let it come upon me, whatever God's going to bring upon me, let it fall upon me. 
Just hold your peace and let it come. What a wonderful place for the child of God to be. What a wonderful place for the saints of God, New Testament saints of God. What a wonderful position for us to be in. Whatever comes, comes. But you hold your peace. If God's going to judge me, let him judge me. If God's going to deliver me, let God deliver me. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. And so it is, by the way, with the sinner. To let God do what he's going to do. And God is not willing that any should perish. No, he's not. But that all should come to repentance. And yet so many trying to play God, trying to convince people to make a profession. Or they've damned so many. They've said, oh, there's no hope for them. There's no chance for them. They're outside the box of God. They're outside the will of God. And they're playing God in people's lives. Best thing they can do is just keep their mouth shut. And let God have his way. I'll go back to one little nitpicky thing. And it's just kind of nitpicky with me. And I know some others do. But, you know, I don't play the Holy Ghost. I don't tell people they're saved. I don't tell people they're lost. The reason I don't play the Holy Ghost is because God needs to speak to them. God needs to reveal that to them. And there's a lot of parents playing with fire, a lot of parents endangering their children, trying to play God in their life and not letting God sort them out. It'd be a tragedy, an absolute tragedy to watch your children cast into hell because you yourself have to patch together their salvation. You yourself have to put them together. Why don't you just do something? Why don't you just close your mouth and let God work? Why don't you just keep your mouth shut and let come on them what will? If it's tragedy, if it's tragedy. If it's hardship, it's hardship. If it's brutality, let God have his way. God knows what it's going to take for a sinner to be converted. One of the greatest things I think America probably could go through that would help some people genuinely be converted is to put us under absolute oppression. Yet many will curse God. Most will curse God. I just believe there's some that may come to repentance. There's some that just have it too good. They see the pleasures of life, and they're torn to pieces by the pleasures of life and confounded by the pleasures of life. Most would curse God if he brought calamity. Most would be like Job's wife, and they would just go ahead and say, curse God and die. This calamity has come upon me. It's why when the stock market drops, people jump out of windows. It's why when financial ruin comes, people pop pills and people drink booze. They do everything they can to block out their conscience because their money is their God. But there is a remnant, I believe, left in America under King James Bible preaching. Prosperity has ruined them. And God's and I say, let them go into poverty if that's what it takes. Let them go into sickness if that's what it takes. Let them be laid up in the hospital if that's what it's take, that God can receive glory and God can convert that sinner from the error of their ways. And I say that with thought and I say that with carefulness and I say that with no malice and no bitterness in my heart, but I say that with all sincerity of heart, let God do what he needs to do. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 
17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption calleth not. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.